Welcome to Sunday School. Glad you guys are here on this 9-11 anniversary. Um, Just thinking about our our firefighters and our our police officers and those who are on the, 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 you know, our uh, first responders and what they did during uh, um, uh, the attack on the towers and at the Pentagon and things like that. And I knew had some friends who were at the Pentagon when it uh, when it was struck. Uh, but what a, uh, I hope we never forget what happens. And there are schools, there are uh, states that aren't teaching this in their schools. And I pray that they would get back to. There's been some uh, legislation by different uh, senators and and um, uh, different different government. Uh, personnel trying to get that put into curriculums saying, hey, this needs to be remembered and we need to remember that. Okay, so we are in our building below the baseline, foundational um, kind of uh, teaching right now. And and um, when we think of foundations, uh, uh, I couldn't name all the components, but there's a recipe, there's a, uh, there's components of a foundation when a building's built. Um, so there's, there's going to obviously be depth, certain amount of depth that's needed. There's going to be uh, different uh, structures and materials that are needed to provide a firm uh, foundation for whatever building, whatever uh, structures being constructed. And it's got to meet a certain recipe. It's got to meet a certain formula uh, to, for success for that, for that structure, for that building, for that, uh, even if it was like a statue or something. There's a... There's a um, there's a recipe. I always find it interesting when I see a, a plane in the military. They like to, when they decommission planes, they like to put them up on stands. They like to, to uh, uh, showcase um, the history, uh, the, the military history of planes and tanks and things like that. Well, those things need foundations. They, however they're going to be structured, however they're going to be sitting, they need foundations. I, I go out to Beale and you can see multiple different aircraft that have, from the history of Beale. Uh, I even see a uh, uh, old T-38, uh, uh, Brother Dustin uh, probably probably flew at one time in his life, and my father even uh, probably flew that tail number in, in his life. Um, but there's, there's different things. This foundation is so important. So there's ingredients of the foundation. Today we're going to be talking about trust, trust in God. And we got a great story uh, with Elijah. Remember we had Elijah and Elisha. Elijah, the first prophet who... Uh, 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 in in First Kings, so we're going to be in the book of First uh, Kings. That's after Samuel, First Second Samuel. So let's get to First Kings uh, seventeen. We're going to be talking about Elijah. Elijah was a Tishbite, and um, and he ha- was prophesying, and he had to prophesy against Ahab and Jezebel. And uh, Jezebel, those of you who are going to have kids someday, don't name a kid Je- Jezebel. It's just not a not a good name. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't even name Ahab, uh, you know, the, although his name's in, in Moby Dick and things like that. But, I, I you know, there's just not, nothing that really good comes out of those names. And so, um, so we're going to be talking about Elijah. And we're going to be talking about trusting in God. Now, when we talk about this, this story, um, uh, uh, a lot of times it's preached. And, and, and we're gonna, we've got two characters in the story, Elijah and a widow. And uh, the focus usually gets on the widow. And we're going to be talking about her. But, um, but there's a, a level of trust that Elijah has to have here. Um, it's just not automatic, even though he hears the voice of God. Now, I would say to myself, if I, if I heard the voice of God, it's easy to trust that. Right? I mean, go here. Okay. 
But there still is a level of trust because a lot of times God, uh, I, I'm suspecting in this case, that God's not giving them all the information. Um, there's a level of trust that's going, okay, you said to go, I'm going to go. So we're going to find out what he did, and uh, let's, let's start off with, uh, with Elijah here. Uh, in verse 17, we're going to be through 1 through 16, I believe. Uh, uh, and Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, uh, said, unto Ahab, uh, uh, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, uh, so, so he basically just said, we're not going to have any rain. And uh, then the Lord said, get out of here. So, um, and, and the word of the Lord came to him, saying, get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith. And that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook, brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord, again, came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, behold I have commanded a widow woman and there to sustain thee. And he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the woman, uh, widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. We're in a drought. Fetch me some water. Okay. And she was going to fetch it. So she's leaving. She's going to do what he just asked. And by the way, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little cruise, a little, little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I go in and dress it for me and my son that we may die. And Elijah said unto her, fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me there of a little cake first and bring it unto me after, after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the bear of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spake to Elijah. So we have a story here that is going to test the faith uh, and trust of, of two, uh, two people. Um, and two people in different, different uh, aspects of life. Um, we have a preacher, a prophet, and we have, uh, we don't know if she's a baby Christian. We don't know if she's a, uh, uh, just, she's been faithful all her life, but she's a widowed woman uh, and has a son. Um, but they're in different aspects of their life, and they have to trust God, and they have to trust God for his, his, uh, his, his care. So, um, now, a faith that is not tested, a faith that cannot be tested, cannot be trusted. Has your faith ever been tested? Do, have you ever felt a test where, you know, we can look at this and we can compare ourselves in many ways uh, to what Elijah's going through and what the widow's going through. But let's, let's start with Elijah. The trust of Elijah. In, uh, number one, the trust of Elijah. He had become a target of Ahab and Jezebel's anger. 
uh, especially Jezebel. Jezebel just hated him. Um, and so he, he was not liked at all of them, probably not liked to the people uh, of the land. The, 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 uh, the folks had been much like we are today, much like our nation is today. Um, but he, so Elijah had to trust God for everything. And his obedience and what he does is proof in, uh, of his trust in God. God told him to go to Cherith, number one, letter A, go to Cherith. Hide thyself by the brook Cherith. Um, he, because he trusted in God, because he obeyed, he got to see God's provision in his life. A miraculous provision. I wonder how many times we miss an opportunity of seeing a miracle. Um, you know, when we, it, it's, it's hard to say what you missed when you, when you weren't there. But when you do see something happen that's incredible, isn't it awesome to tell? Isn't it awesome to say, look what God did? Um, or, or that hindsight being 20-20, go, wow, man, God had such a better plan than I did. Um, kind of falls in line with where, kind of how I... Hopefully, uh, you know, live my life as God opened the doors and closed the doors as needed because I'm not smart enough to know what to do. But in this case, he did it, he did it for, uh, for Elijah. Go to Cherith. He, he, he saw God's provision and he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. This is verse 5. And he dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. They literally brought him the food that he needed. They were serving him. They were serving the prophet of God according to God's command. God, where God, where God guides us, he always provides. He would never guide us and not provide what we need. When folks say that God led me somewhere and I had nothing, I believe God didn't lead them there. I believe either personal or emotional reasons brought you to that place and that's not God. God always provides. Um, Proverbs uh, 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. God always provides where he leads. Psalms eighteen thirty. as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. Hebrews 11, 1, 6, uh, one and six. Uh, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Go to verse six. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Trusting God is a privilege. We got a God that loves us, and we get to trust Him. Um, and He always provides uh, where He leads, and He did for for uh, Elijah. Now there comes a time when, uh, in the situation, God might say, "Okay, it's time to go again. It's time to trust me again." So uh, let it be. To go to Zarephath. He, uh, he uh, is going to lead him to Zarephath. Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And now if you look at a map, uh, it's a coastal city, um, Zarephath, uh, in the Zidon area. And it is the hometown of Jezebel's father. That would be like going into a terrorist city. Being an American in a terrorist city, you know. 
Um, he is, uh, uh, the, the, the country is, is they're, they're worshiping Baal. They're, they're not following God. Who knows if there's anything in here that trusts God or that follows God? Well, he told them of one. He said, I've directed a widow. But he, I, I have commanded a widow there to sustain thee. So God has placed a command in someone to take care of him. So there's, so this flight to Zarephath is, there's still, I'm sure, lots of questions. I would love to know the discussion in his mind or, or maybe verbally with God as he's going to Zarephath. Or is he just singing in his heart going, I have a God that loves me and, and I'm going to see a miracle. I don't know. Maybe he, his faith is so great that he's just, I know what mine would be like. I'd be scared to death. You know, if, if Jezebel's father finds that he's there, oh my goodness, that's, that's a hate. Jezebel, this guy that you hate's here. You want me to kill him for you? I probably wouldn't even ask. Um, so he, he follows his command. He goes and he gets to see what God's going to do. Um, he didn't have the full picture. He didn't get, uh, according to us, what we read, he didn't get the full picture. God may have given him something, but from what we read, he did. So, but if you read in like Isaiah 55, 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. In Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. God, uh, his, his ways aren't our ways. He has a better plan. He, he knows the end of the story. And he will take care of us. Consider the lilies in Luke 12, 27. Consider the lilies. God, if he can take care of the lilies and the grass and, and nature, wouldn't he more take care of us? So, um, Elijah followed his, his leading. He followed it to uh, Cherith. He followed it to Zarephath to see the end of the story, to see what God was going to do. And again, it might have been easy for him to do that because he hears the audible voice of God. But, so we looked at the trust of Elijah. Now we look at the test of a widow. The test of a widow. Uh, it's bad enough that there's a, there's a major drought going on. Now it's compounded by the fact that she's a widow. She's lost her husband. We don't know what kind of man he was. We're not told. We're not even given her name. Um, we're not told uh, if he was a follower of the Lord. Um, we're, not, we're not told anything about that. But she's a widow. She has a child. Uh, we're, I'm assuming somewhere in the, uh, the range of little kid, maybe five to six. So, so she might not be uh, that old. But she is poor. She is destitute. She has nothing but, but a little meal and a little cruise of oil, a little bit of oil. And she's gathering sticks to, think about that, two, she says, I'm gathering these two sticks to make a cake. That's, it's like an uh, easy bake oven type thing, right? <laughs> you know? um, I mean, that, 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 it's good. we're going to eat this and we're going to die. But so we have this woman and she is in this horrible situation. In this pagan city, remember, she's, we're, we're assuming that God's directed her, so we're assuming she loves the Lord, and 
She's in this pagan city. These people have just turned to idolatry. So, so Elijah has been given a little bit of the story that this woman's going to take care of, and there's got to be some uneasiness in him. But he has seen God do miracles. So, um, so, so we have this woman. First is all her residence, where she's at. She's in this pagan city, letter A, her residence. Uh, she's amid all the idolaters. Uh, uh, she might even know that, that Jezebel's father there. I'm sure, I'm sure it would be a, a level of uh, my daughter's the queen and everybody knows him. So that, there's probably a, a thumb on people, especially Christians, are, are people that serve God, the God of Israel. But um, God can use bad places. I think of where we're at right now. There are so many people fleeing California because of regulations, because of the government. That's, I don't know if that's necessarily faith. Uh, we, we send missionaries to places that Governments don't want missionaries. Why isn't California any different? We're on the mission field, guys. We're here. We, we might be the only light of Christ to the people around us here in California. And how we handle this and how we um, react can reflect poorly or it can reflect wonderfully on a God in heaven. And so, but God can use the places and the situations for great miracles and, and, to, to, uh, and for great uh, accomplishments. Joseph, slave in Egypt. That, I'm sure he didn't plan that. Um, the little town of Bethlehem became the birthplace of Christ. Bethlehem, this, a, a king would come out of Bethlehem? The Apostle Paul, imprisoned many times, yet he knew that the, the word of God was getting out because of his imprisonment. And because of what he was writing and because of God uh, leading him. So although she lived among the, the Baal worshipers, it was not uh, the location that was preventing uh, Elijah to see God work. God saw her and cared for her needs. He also took care of her resources. We look at her resources, letter B. Uh, a meal and a barrel and a little cruise of oil and two sticks. Two sticks that she's gathering. Um, what can God do with such meager elements? And that's what a lot of questions, that's a lot of time what we, can, what we ask. What can God do with this? But that's not necessarily the question we need to be asking. We need to be asking, how tight is my hand around the meager elements that God could use? Am I willing to give them up? Uh, we saw it in uh, John 6 with the, the disciples and the 5,000, the feeding of the 5,000. God said, I, let's, let's feed these people. What do we have? Well, we have, uh, how much was it? Five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what can we do with that? What are they among so many? Well, you'll see. The, the boy didn't protest when they asked for it. He gave it. Well, he had the faith of a little child. And he had greater faith than these uh, 12 disciples who've already seen miracles from God. So, her resources. Um, was she willing to give them up? And then she was dealing with her reasoning. Her reasoning. Her reasoning of what, what she was doing during this drought, um, even though she loved the Lord, we believe, it might, her reasoning didn't seem accurate. 
Behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. The only thing she saw at the end of this was death. She didn't look at this as a temporary situation. And while we're on this earth, any situation we're in, whether it's a day long, a month long, a year long, or decades, it's temporary. And it is small in the light of eternity. So she was looking at this temporal, temporary um, situation with an end. An end being death. We don't have to look at life that way. We don't have to look at our situations that way. Uh, we shouldn't. Um, her reasoning was without God. Even though she loved God, her reasoning was without God. So now he's got a, now God's going to test her faith. We'll say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you something new here. Um, she had a, her, her reasoning was without faith that God would get her through this, and it was without vision that there's a future involved. Proverbs three five through six: Trust in the Lord with all thine heart; lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Thankfully, Elijah proposed a better way that this dear lady did not have to yield to her reasons, but rather she obeyed her God. Proverbs 4.12, there is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is death. Uh, again, a faith that cannot be tested can't be trusted. So, uh, so this brings us to this, the triumph of the faith, number three. So we had a trust of Elijah, we had the test of a widow, and we have a triumph of faith. Go back to 1 Kings 17, and this is on the final, 13 through 16. And Elijah said unto her, fear not. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me first a, a little cake first, and bring unto me, and, at, and after make for thee and thy son. She's probably thinking to herself, there won't be any enough for me and my son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to, unto the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake to Elijah. Sometimes we read this and think primarily of the widow's need for faith. But Elijah was in a humbling position as well. He had to see God work a miracle. He had to trust that God, that God had instructed him and was going to take care of him, as he always has. So we see the request of a prophet. Not only did Elijah request provision, but he requested his provision first. This is where that faith was really tested for both him and her. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, and make me therefore a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make, me, uh, make for thee and thy son. So he is going to take what she has. Give that to me. Now, um, some people might say, some of you, the, the new Christian, or maybe somebody even reading the Bible trying to disprove God might say, see, money-grubbing preacher, he wants everything. No, it's just testing his faith. He's saying, give to me first, and then you're going to see a miracle. We too many times, this, this, the sub-topic uh, of this is, is tithing. I mean, it's, it's, it's giving. 
It's um, uh, the, 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 the theme of, of tithing and giving. Giving God his first fruits, not the leftovers. I find that budgets that have God first work better than budgets that have God last. Because the budgets that have God last don't have God in it at all. It's really what it is. It's not at all. And if it needs to be on the top of your page, just to make it clear, I would do that. But first fruits is what God teaches that, that he is first. He is the provider. He is the sustainer. Um, just a little thing. Whenever we build an aircraft for, for the military, uh, we have to look at the sustainment cost of it. We can't just say, it's going to cost this much to build this aircraft, $100 million to build this aircraft. No, the life of the aircraft is going to be $5 billion because there's sustainment costs. But God, for our lives, there's a, there's, a, there's a building and there's a sustainment, and he takes care of it all. He knows the cost of our sustainment. He has it calculated. He's not worried about it. That's a great place to be. Have you ever had to in your time just go, I don't know where it's going to come from, but God's going to provide it. And he does. I mean, miracles happen today. I'm thinking of Brother Dingus this morning. We were talking about him, and I've been thinking about him all week because we see him uh, come to church. He's here, and I think he's getting ready to leave and go back to, uh, to Kentucky. He's, he's being separated from the, from the military before 20 years. Guess what? There's a moratorium, a uh, an injunction right now where they're not allowed to separate anybody. If that injunction keeps going to February, guess what? He hits 20 years, has full retirement. His daughter has a good health care system. He's trusting God. Amen. I'm praying for that. Amen. And we've got others that are going through that. But we trust, trusting God, uh, when we give him our first fruits, man, he can do so much with it. I, it believe me, guys, I... I Truly, truly believe that. That budget. Keep God first in your giving. And, and this is what, this is, he was, the prophet was reminding her of this. That even in the times of a dire drought and death is looming, put God first. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of thine increase. So shall the barns be filled with plenty and presses shall burst out with new wine. Malachi 3.10. Uh, prove me now herewith. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that ye may, uh, there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. Uh, if I want to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that shall not be room enough to see it. We're going to see that in a minute. Um, so Elijah asked the woman to feed him first and indicated that God would provide for her and his son. He's following what God has said in, in the Bible and said to him. So, the, so let her be the response of the widow. And she went and did according to his saying. I don't know if she was mumbling under her voice. I have obeyed God while I'm mumbling. I'll admit it. Yes, Cheryl, we should do this. Yes, you're right. The Lord says this. <laughs> you know? Uh, but... But maybe she's not. Maybe she went, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'll just die sooner. Or I can trust God. The act was a great trust. It was against her human logic. She simply obeyed. Job 36, 15. He delivereth the poor in his affliction and openeth their ears in oppression. 
Being in the place where our faith is, is tested is a good place to be in. I believe it's a reminder of God working in your life. It was at this crossroads where she triumphed by, the, by her faith. Psalm 37, 25, I, the psalmist says, I have been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Finally, we see the resource uh, supplied. And she and he and her house did eat many days, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he, he spake by Elijah. So for the length of the drought, these three um, never went without food. There's actually more to this story that I saw in this that, that popped out at me, and it said, wow, here's a woman. Think about this. She's a widow. She's got her son. Um, She's destitute. She's in a, a land of the pagans. And now for however long God does this, she has fellowship with a man of God. Personal fellowship with a man of God. What conversations did they have around the dinner table? What did he teach her? What, how exciting it is to be around somebody when you're seeing a miracle happen and sharing that with each other. She got fellowship. Hey, you're not alone. We're in this place, and people are doing wrong, but you're not alone. Guys, we're not alone. Right. We have each other. Amen. We have that fellowship. You have a pastor that loves you and wants to fellowship with you. Amen. The good, good fellowship word. <laughs> right? I see that she got that. And that, to me, was just a wonderful, wonderful gift that she got above and beyond the sustainment of life. She got more, uh, which God's shovel is bigger. He always gives us more, and he, he proved it in his word. I'll, give, I'll open up the, the windows of heaven. He did on her, and he did on Elijah, too. He's in a, he's in a place where he could step out that door and be murdered, but he's fellowshipping with a woman, who, and God is sustaining them. Sweet fellowship. So, is your faith being tested? Mine's been tested. It'll be tested again. Um, this week I birthed a kidney stone. It was awesome. <laughs> I don't know how big it was. Um, but that, well, that was a test of faith right there. I'll just, I'll just say. But, <laughs> that was just a little side. Uh, that's free. Um, but we are going to have times in our life where we're going to go through things, whether they be physical whether they be financial, um, whether they be dealing with our job, dealing with, do, does God want me here? Can he use me? Do I trust him? Do I trust him with my kids? Uh, Brother Bradley's going to be teaching on uh, uh, Samuel and, and Eli, right? Eli, yeah. So, you know, could you... Could you trust your giving your kid and having them live at the church? Basically, letting the church adopt your kid and, and let them raise them. Could you do that? Could could you as a kid? Could your kid say, "Hey, would you?" you he's going to ask him, "Would you be willing to live at the church and learn from the man of God and not not go home?" Wow, you know. Uh, so is our our how good is your faith? I think it's a good question to ask. Can it be tested? 
Are you willing to ask God, would you test my faith? Ow, ow, that's a, that's a, that's a I, I even struggle with that one. Lord, I see what somebody goes through and I go, Lord, please don't test me with that. <laughs> right? Because am I strong enough? Am I scared? You know? Well, I hope you guys do have the faith that, that can be tested and that you'll come out on the other side and see the provision of God. See what he can do. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day, Lord. I just thank you for the, uh, the truths in your Bible and the, uh, the examples and the fact that you never lie. You take care of your children. And Lord, you take care of us. You sustain us. And uh, Lord, you've proved it time and time again. And uh, Lord, I just thank you for that. I just thank you that we can come and we can worship you, Lord. Uh, continue, our, uh, help us with your, our worship, Lord. We pray that you are uh, glorified uh, while we're here and, uh, and we are edified, Lord. Be with the pastor as he brings a message in the next hour. Soften our hearts to receive it. In your precious name we pray, amen. We have some that got to get to class and we have a few minutes for uh, fellowship.